but I don't I really don't have any regrets I really don't I've I've lived exactly how I've wanted to I've tried my hardest every single time I didn't win the matches that maybe I should have always won or but I really gave it my all so that for me is enough Welcome to the Body Serve. I'm James. I'm Jonathan. And we are currently in a car um, because we're doing some non-tennis-related travel for the holiday weekend in Canada. We're on the way to uh, none of your business. <laughs> no, we're going to to uh, upstate New York to visit my family. Uh, but Jonathan's driving. Yeah, I, I am. Also, like the reason why we're having to do it this way because it was a last-minute trip, and we didn't really realize that it would mean that. The day we were traveling was the day that we had to record the Wimbledon preview yes. episode. There's not a whole lot of leeway when that's concerned. So the draws came out today. The tournament starts on Monday. Wimbledon is very considerate because they finish their qualifying like way in advance, right? Mm -hmm. So all the qualifiers are in the draw. Um, so I'm going to be kind of driving the first part of this episode because I can actually read the agenda here. And I'm driving the car. You're driving the entire yes. episode. So if the audio quality of this episode is not up to scratch, <laughs> forgive us. It's not a, a, a regular thing. We're not going to make a habit of it. Also, Vince says hi from the back seat. Mm -hmm. He's poor thing is so miserable in the car. He's just <laughs> trying to sleep and we're talking. <laughs> okay, so I think we should get this out of the way. The, the seating drama, which is really a drama that has no reason for existing. The seating formula on the men's side of Wimbledon has existed for a long time. Mm -hmm. We know it's very transparent. We know what the formula is. We know how points are assigned between last year and this year, grass results, rankings, all that. So we're not going to go through that again. Which is why folks were saying that Roger is the number two seed at Wimbledon even after the French Open, during the French Open. Right. Because that stuff could have been calculated ahead of time. If your gripe is, why is it done this way? then perhaps mm, that's something to talk about, but it's not new. Right. So th the issue is that Roger Federer was bumped up to the two seed. Rafa is number three, although mm. he's ranked number two in the world. It's, uh, I mean, Roger just won the Roger Federer Open in Halle for the 10th time. I, I believe that's called Der Zehnte in German. And uh, that's why, I mean, so play a warm-up, win a title if you want to be this, the two seed, right? Rafa knew this was a possibility. I don't know if, was he upset about it or just everyone else on his behalf? I, I recall him saying, there was something that he said about it, like, and then Novak was asked about it, and he's like, yeah, it's weird. Then folks were saying, well, was it weird for you last year when you benefited from it? And then <laughs> folks are like, why are we only talking about Rafa? Oh, right. Dominic Team is the one who's most inconvenienced oh. here. With because. Kevin Anderson being bumped up from number seven to number four, and Dominic is now number five instead of the four seed. Yeah, I think you know we can have a debate on whether or not to use a formula at all, like what the purpose of seeding even is. You know, is it to make it easier for the top seeds? Is it to reflect the rankings exactly? Is it to reflect like the past year performance or adjust players' performances on this particular surface? The actual history of the special uh, calculation is somewhat interesting to me because it stems from, I'm told, and Darren Cahill talked about this on Twitter, that it stems from a, a time in the past when there was a lot more differentiation between the surfaces. Right. And so you had the clay court specialist and you had the, the grass specialist and uh, this formula was intended to, you know, give people a leg up. To reward good performance yes. on this surface. And previously, apparently, that this formula came into place in 2002 or 2003, and before then, it was just a discretionary thing up to Wimbledon how right. they wanted to do it. Yeah, so on the women's side, as you may know, the seating committee does uh, have the right to change seats if they so choose. They don't do it that often. They did it for Serena last year, but uh, this year it's gone according to the rankings. If there's something really out there, you know, they might play with the seats a little bit, but it was reported that actually the WTA doesn't like it. 
So that's one of the Doesn't big like reasons. Doesn't like what? They don't like a Wimbledon playing with these seeds. So when you say WTA, do you mean the players? The, um, I think the, the organization. Ben Rothenberg reported this on Twitter the other day that one of the main reasons that Wimbledon doesn't use a seeding formula for the women is that the organization, the WTA, isn't really a fan. Which makes sense. Sure. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh, this is obvious sexism." I'm like, and, oh. uh, but it. I don't get that because like it penalizes male players amongst themselves you yeah know, like it i don't know it seems completely separate to me i mean a lot of things are sexism i just uh i'm having trouble following uh, on this particular it's issue. not so much a wimbledon thing as it is a tour thing right so there's that i mean people are going to get even more bitter now that they've seen rafa's draw which is rather difficult his french open draw was known to be really easy early on this one is quite a bit different. You know, you could see Nikirios in the second round. He's on the same half of the draw as Roger Federer, which could have happened if he was the two seed. You know, that it didn't prevent that. But it did open the possibility that Rafa could play Novak in the semis again, which is not going to happen. But it's not an easy draw. Fed Cup, totally not having to do with Wimbledon, but Fed Cup and the ITF just announced their... That was quite the, the change of yeah, there was, just to, Sorry, there was no transition. That was pretty poor. That's fine. <laughs> the ITF, as expected, rebooted Fed Cup. It's not exactly the same as Davis Cup, but it's really similar. It's not with Cosmos. They're on their own, but they've increased prize money a lot. They are now doing this thing where the finals are in April in one city, Budapest, Hungary is going to host it for the first three years, and it's going to be on clay. And how it's going to work is that they're going to have these home and away ties in February, like they normally do. 16 teams are going to play in that sort of world group, those home and away ties, for eight spots. And when is that? That's in February. Okay. And then, in April, the last year's winner and runner-up have a guaranteed spot. So they will not play those ties in February. The host nation has a guaranteed spot. And so, can you so, so Hungary, Hungary just gets a guaranteed spot three yeah. years in a row? Yeah, that's crazy, right? And uh, a wildcard team. So there's 12 altogether in those finals. Billie Jean King is the one sort of prolonging this. I'm not exactly sure what her involvement is, but she seems rather invested in, in the prospect. We've heard from some players who are upset about it. Alizé Cornet is disgusted. And she, did she tweet that she said it was ruined? Congrats, yes. you ruined Fed Cup. I, I'm going to be really interested to see if the players who have spoken up about the Davis Cup and Fed Cup changes actually do sit out. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think at this point the changes have come. We just have to see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like the fact that it doesn't linger over the season the way the Davis Cup does. At okay. least you get it over with in those kind of, I don't want to say down stretches. But, uh, early, but I'm curious now to see what that will do for Charleston. Because if it's in the middle of April, oh, God. that is okay. a, and it's clearly meant to be a big warm up for the French Open, right? Well, if it's right. played on clay and it's in the middle of April, and you have all these teams where you say 12 teams playing in this final yeah. during that one week, then who's going to fly across to Budapest and then come back to Charleston or vice versa? Right. Uh, so we shall see. Now, So now we're back to Wimbledon stuff. Is that a good transition? <laughs> <laughs> so... Mahu and Herbert will not be playing doubles together at Wimbledon, you may have heard. Herbert will actually be playing with Sir Andrew Baron Murray. Yes. At first, I thought it was very strange because Murray was like, yeah, I'm coming back at the Fever Tree, Lindstrom, Quaker Oaks, Barrel Open, (laughs) and I'm going to play doubles there, but my main big comeback is going to be at Wimbledon, right? It's not going to be in singles, it's going to be in doubles, and I'm telling you now that my partner is going to be Mr. Pierre Herbert. And everybody knows, we all know, 
that he's always coupled up with Nicolas Maou. Okay. And so I was like, what's going on there? And now we find out, well, at least some part of it. Well, so Herbert said that he was not planning to play doubles at Wimbledon this year. And that he told his partner, Nicolas Maou, that he wasn't going to play. It's fine. They had talked about it before. Then Murray's coach, Jamie Delgado, contacted Pierre and asked him if he wanted to play. And he said, well, this is this is too big to pass up. I know I already said I'm not going to play, but this is the big four. Like, I, I have to do it. Can you hear Ben snoring in the uh, background? <laughs> <laughs> so Mao's quote got out from the key. And I didn't see video of it. And so it's hard to read it. I can't tell if it's really snarky or if it's just like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. What he said was, I have zero desire to comment on his choice. He knows how I feel about it. I had a talk with him and I don't want to say anything else. So not having seen the actual interaction, that could be simply, yeah, I don't really want to talk about it. It could be fine. It could be no big deal. Or it could be, he's pissed. Yeah, yeah. It is, I mean, I'm sure you understand, like, if Andy Murray asks you to play at a tournament that's really historic for him and it's a big comeback, like, it would be hard to say no. But maybe they didn't have a conversation before. Maybe it came as a surprise to him and he felt a little betrayed. I don't know. I was just very surprised to see it. If you want to be salacious about it, that's the way to read it. (laughs) That was a maybe. That was a conjecture. Or you could be a little bit more conservative in your approach. Uh, perhaps. Not not my style. What's next in your up and down non-linear yeah, back agenda? and forth. Uh, some more whiplash here. So Serena Williams announced on Instagram this week that she will be the second black female tennis player on the Wheaties box. And I saw a few people who are not from the U.S. ask on Twitter, like, is this a big deal? Like, what? what is the Wheaties box? <laughs> Say and that again. The first what? The, f- the second. The second, yes. Black female tennis player. Okay. Um, Althea Gibson was the first. I think in in 2000, uh, like around 20 Early 2000s. Yeah. And it is fairly shocking that Venus or Serena were or never both, on it. Or both right. as Olympic champions. Right. It's surprising that they weren't on it together. Because in the late 90s, early 2000s, they were absolute superstars. I mean, they still are, but it was such a new thing, right? And they were Olympians, and... Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there usually a strong tie between Olympism and uh, the Wheaties box, like the yeah. Americans? Yeah, yeah, they, they love to put them on the Wheaties box after they win a bunch of medals. Right. So, like, I'm pretty sure I, I've seen Michael Phelps on it before with, like, 17 medals on his Yes, and you've seen Carrie Strug and... Probably similar miles. Yeah. Like there's a lot of gymnasts, swimmers, like specifically Olympic sports, which I think may be the difference. I think that's probably why you haven't seen them because maybe tennis just doesn't get that much play as an Olympic sport around right. that time. Like if they are to give like one or two athletes that what do you call it spotlight uh-huh. at that time, then it is. It's it still is, shocking. It is. Yeah, it's weird. And, I mean, it, it seems kind of silly to get mad over a Wheaties box. Yeah. And we're not mad about it. It's just like... No, not mad at all. Yeah. It's just a, like one of those milestones that it's too late to celebrate. You know what I mean? Like when you're at the Oscars or whatever, it's like, oh, this is the first black woman who's won in this specific category. And, like, really? Is it even... It feels kind of dirty to even celebrate it because it's like, wow, what the hell took so long? I don't, I don't know if I, it feels a little bit dirty well, to celebrate it. Maybe dirty is I mean, not the right Serena's word. the one receiving it. She seems pretty yeah. pumped about it. Oh, I mean, and I'm going to the store and buying up a bunch of boxes myself. You're being hyperbolic. What's the word? Hyperbolic? Yeah. Because you know damn well it won't be out in time for the, by the time you're here. Somebody's going to have to snatch that up and ship it back. I know. Speaking of firsts, Coco Golf, 15 years old became the youngest woman. We were, we were actually speaking of seconds before. Oh. <laughs> well, now we're speaking of firsts. Corey slash Coco Golf qualified at Wimbledon, got through her three matches in straight sets, 
some of them pretty easy. The last one, 6161 yeah. Allure. And she is now the youngest qualifier in Wimbledon history in the Open Era. Mm -hmm. And after she qualified, she went to her Instagram and was like, oh, sorry guys, I meant to post this yesterday. <laughs> Shout out to all my queer brethren and sister. Well, no, uh, sister, yeah. as in like followers or whatever. Uh, yes. Which It is, was very cute. She was yeah. like crossing a street with uh -huh. a rainbow crosswalk and just doing a little twirl. I mean, yeah. the awareness at 15 years old. I know. Stunning. <laughs> Tens across the board. It, uh, but it she was... best not try that with Miss Venus in the well, first round. Oh my god. Like, how did this happen? This, I'm sure the tournament is really excited about the prospect of these two playing. This, of course, they love this changing of okay. narrative and everything. I, uh, I would yeah. hesitate to oh, say well, that well, maybe not this the Wimbledon tournament <laughs> would be. Would be ecstatic to put two black women on the show court. Well, the, I didn't say they were going to be on show court. They might be on like an indoor practice court or something. Um, I misspoke. A lot of people in tennis leadership will be very excited about the match. And Wimbledon fans and fans. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah. going to watch it. I'll be mad if Venus loses. Oh my god. But I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. Coco. Uh, I mean, this girl just like has a world of potential. She beat. The French Open round of 16 or Aliana or Aliona Bolsova, who was the number one seed in qualifying in her first match here. And she will play Venus Williams, who is 24 years older than her. See how fast I did that math in my head? You're so smart. Yeah, I know. Really like advanced math. I think I mean Venus has to come through that match in straight sets. If she doesn't, you're gonna be like, what what are you doing? But I think getting a beatdown from Venus could be a very very good experience for them. listen let's not you're putting all sorts of jinx in the air no i'm saying you know if it happens it still could be a very good experience okay let's move on <laughs> did you know that tommy Robredo, first of all is 37 years old i knew that like yes. lopez like federer correct like you no i'm just kidding mm. <laughs> has one i got told at work this week that somebody asked me how old i was and i said do you think I am? And I guess shame on me for asking because that motherfucker told me 48. <laughs> you know I got what I deserve. You know damn well you never ask that. You never challenge someone to say, how old do you think I am? Actually, some girl did that to me, a girl you work with. And I was like, I don't know, like 30? She's like, I'm 21. Like, oh, well, you shouldn't have asked. I mean, like, you, wear sunscreen. I, I want, if, if the rule of thumb is that you always underestimate, just to give somebody a boost. I thought I How was. How old does he really no. think I look? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Right now, if you were to answer that question, the only accept acceptable answer is in the 26 to 29 range. Uh, I'll right. still take that. Right, right. You know, the skin is still looking good. I think maybe this person just had bad social skills. It's possible, yeah. but they shall not be forgiven. No. Anyway, Tommy Robredo has just won two challengers back-to-back, -back, and he's currently in his third. So that's pretty cool. I've always liked Tommy. Mm -hmm. I've always been a big fan, and uh, I'm just amazed he's still out there doing it. Gems Life, they're back. I will not be they baited into back. this just yet. Like, yeah. I still don't know what the hell happened. I'm not about to get back on this wagon or pay them any mind. Oh, I am baited. Until I am baited, switched. They've been around. I am hooked line and sinker why <laughs> you were so over them because i don't know i'm into it again i feel like they've made it through the rain they can uh, stand up once do again not, do not don't go there no i we still don't know what happened right they deleted their instagram before it was before rolling arrows mm -hmm. and alina actually won a few matches so maybe they should have stayed broken up for a while messy 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 <laughs> but now they're back on instagram Gail released this video screaming, they're back! Like a what, pol poltergeist? I Is that what that's from? That. I don't know her. <laughs> it's just exciting. You know, I'm, I'm happy for them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Next yeah. on the agenda. The ATP, As I see you flip the page like two or three times. <laughs> the ATB Players Council it was supposed to meet today. I haven't seen any news about this on Twitter, which is surprising. Usually uh, the British journalists are really quick getting the news about the Players' Council meeting. So we won't spend a lot of time on this because we don't know what happened. But this was meant to be the runoff election. 
between like Wallace Simpson and, and was the other one? Weller Evans, which is an upper class name if I've ever heard one, and Nicholas LaPinta. Uh, those are the two finalists that's definitely going to be settled, correct, before the tournament? I, well, I, you, you can never say definitely with the Because I can't Council. imagine that, unless they postpone it, but I can't imagine that there's going to be meetings taking place while the actual tournament is right. going on. It's supposed to happen today so they can just get it all done with. So that'll be something that we'll talk about on the mid-Wimbledon show. Potentially, who is the person who will, what is it, what is that person doing? replacing? He would take uh, Gimelstaff's spot, spot on the board of directors. So one, of, one of the three uh, players' representatives on the board. Uh, other things they're talking about, Vashek Paswasil is speaking to reporters about trying to get a bigger piece of the pie, like a bigger percentage of revenue in Grand Slam tournaments allocated as prize money. The U.S. Open does release their financial statements, but Wimbledon does not. It is, it's very murky. We don't know what kind of revenue they bring in. We know their, I mean, the amount of cash they must have in reserves has to be crazy. Um, but he wants to see more data with like legal representation for the players so they can negotiate and bargain on a more even keel. Yeah, which is reasonable. Right, which is something you get if you unionize. Because we know now that, what is it, 12 to 15% of the revenue from the US Open goes to players. Right. And they've been, see the thing is, the player, Players Council have been using team sports as a comparator, and some detractors are saying it's really, it's just not a good comparison. There are too many- Comparator? I don't yeah. think I've ever heard that word before. Oh, maybe that's like a, like a stupid business word. Oh. I hear it, I don't know, I hear it at work, I think. Okay. <laughs> It is a word now. Got it. Um, but the comparison to baseball or football or basketball may not always work. But I think the the spirit of the comparison makes sense. One of the ways in which it doesn't necessarily work is, I imagine, and I don't expect that the USDA puts that much money back into its development. But I imagine that their their need for developmental funds is more so than in basketball. Oh, like infrastructure right, right. wise. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, of course. Because the NBA isn't paying for that stuff, right? They have the G League and all that, but like NCAA is big basketball programs are kind of self-funding because they make revenue. And the players don't make anything. But these players are developed in AAU, in travel basketball, in high school, all that. Yeah. What else? What else? We've got to talk about 37-year-old Feliciano Lopez. Came into Queen's Club number 113, and he was given a wild card. Well, that's, that's how far down he is, or was? Yeah. Oh, wow. So he was ranked 113. He hasn't really played that much, and he hasn't certainly hasn't been winning very much lately. Well, he, I guess his ranking had also fallen down to the point where if he wasn't getting wild, wild cards, he wasn't trying to qualify. Right, right. And so, uh, he won this tournament two years ago. He did. He's the 2017 winner, which at the time was was a big surprise because it seemed like he was uh, nearing the twilight of his career, but he's been an excellent grass court player always. So not a huge surprise. But what he did this weekend is just is just crazy and deserves like some plaudits. It's like he took the news of his potential match fixing at the start of the week and was like, I need to bury that so deep. <laughs> I'm going to win this prestigious title so you, A, forget about it, and B, so I get some money and points before y'all try to ban it. And I'm going to win the doubles with Sir Andrew Bayard. Talk about, like, building goodwill to the British people. And the biggest story of the week might have been Andy Murray coming back, but Feliciano sort of snatched that spotlight a little bit because of rain and because of the scheduling mishaps. Feliciano had to play three matches on Saturday. So two doubles matches. One was a completion right, of, of the doubles match. So he played Felix Ojealiasim in the semifinal, losing the first set in a tiebreak, and then uh, made rather quick work of the second and third sets. For I think it was a 6-3 and 6-4. It went pretty quickly, actually. Then he had to finish a doubles match, and then they played the doubles semifinal. All on Saturday. Got it. He played three yeah. matches in one day. And then <laughs> on Sunday, obviously you know what 
Yes. You got to play the singles final, which was a long. It was almost three hours long against Seagull. Won that. And then he and Andy beat Salisbury and Rom in the doubles final. This old man. I mean, this is a surface to do it on. That's Not to take something, well, take true. stuff away from him, but he's, he excels on it. He's got a good game for it. His slice serve, the lefty serve works well. His slicing works well on the grass. Uh, yeah. Like, you're, uh, this, you're not going to do it on clay. This is his bag. <laughs> okay, so we have really sped through my points here. Really? Yeah. Basically, we've gone through all of it. That's it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? We just had an episode. What do you mean, like last week? Uh, yeah. That entire agenda we've talked about. Well, yeah, so now we're supposed to talk about the draw. Oh, okay. Well, let's let's keep it a little bit more informal because okay. I can't look at the draw and see right now. I have a vague idea of what's going on. Let me ask you, James, who are some of the people heading into this tournament on the men's side, irrespective of the draw, that you'd be looking at? Yeah. On the men's side. Uh, I'm looking at Felix Ojealiasin. He's got a top 20 seed now. He's number 19. I'm talking about to go like super deep into okay. the tournament. That is tough because he does. He would have, uh, I think, a I said round of six. Without looking at the draw. Oh. Irrespective of the draw. Irrespective of the draw. Yeah. Then so are the I people said like Felix. a few days ago, like this person could go deep in this tournament. You uh, think Felix can go deep in the tournament? Oh, I'm not supposed to be looking at the draw. Not a... <laughs> Baratini. Do you not understand the question? <laughs> Baratini. You should have seen the look he just shot um, Like, Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic? Uh, is that allowed? It is allowed, yeah. I think somebody who has the potential to be upset early is Kevin Anderson. Despite being the runner-up here, is coming back from an injury, hasn't played in a while. Same goes for John Isner, who, as you all know, came dangerously close to being a runner-up at Wimbledon. Kevin Anderson <laughs> did the business. Right? He's he's doing the work for a lot of us out here. On sustainability, on Isner killing, on gay rights, Kevin Anderson is just out here. Pet adoption. <laughs> right. Same query. You think he could No, I don't think he's going to go deep, but he is still playing tennis. He's back, and he plays Dominic Team in the first round. Okay. That kind of sucks for Dominic. We're, so we're done with the, who we are looking yeah, at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't like that question? No. What about on the women's side? On the women's side? I don't know. They're all in the first quarter, basically. Okay. Karolina Plishkova is in her fourth final of the year in Eastbourne against Kerber. Plishkova could make the final definitely would not be surprised at all because a lot of the really really tough competition is not near her draw clearly i'm looking at serena kerber ashley barty sharapova no no definitely not her but this would be the 15 year anniversary of her great breakout win i am well aware when that happened yes i think uh early how about early upsets? I, you tell me. I haven't had a chance to look at it. Simona Halep. You think she could go in early? I think so, yeah. Vince is moving around in the back seat. <laughs> Are you going to sit down? I think it's possible that Naomi Osaka goes out early. Not, not super, super early, but, um, you know, maybe before the quarterfinals. You, you clearly do not want to like <laughs> interact with my question at all so I will answer and more in the vein of like okay we know that Donna Vekic is good on grass she's been playing well she's somebody who could you know that type of thing yeah uh, Kerber has been playing well I think it's easy to overlook her on grass despite her obvious prowess like for fuck's sake she's a defending champion right and people still think she's finalist. not natural here though. no and yeah. it, it it comes as a surprise to folks that she could still, that she's doing well still on grass. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe that's just the the rub on Kerber period. People are just, just always seem to be surprised 
that she can yeah. do good things on a tennis court. <laughs> People basically think she's untalented. Like, probably so yeah. not make the match, according to Evie Ogden. Oh my gosh, that is a RuPaul drag, RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> reference. Who else on the woman's side who's been playing well in grass? Benchich. Mm-hmm. Runner-up to Sophia Kennan. Kennan won Mallorca last week. Again, Benchich is in that quarter of death. So that's going to be really, really tough. Your new world number one has been playing well in grass and has some of the best pedigree on the surface. Mm-hmm. And she, that is? Well, Ashley Vardy won Birmingham. Because the last time we recorded, it was a, this could happen. Right. It was like the day before we the final. We haven't actually announced her as new world number one on the body suit yet. Oh, right. It was, it was almost a foregone conclusion last week. But Ashley Vardy did win the title. She did get those necessary points, beating Julia Gerges in the final of Birmingham. Had she fallen before, uh, without winning the title, she would have been two points behind Osaka going into the final. But Barty, I mean, made that transition from Grand Slam winner, moving out to the grass two weeks later, winning a title. Like, you get the sense, you know, 2019 Barty is kind of a different player. She's got confidence in spades. Right. Like, you don't, lately, you don't see her being frazzled on court, being too troubled on court. Like, everything is kind of. I don't want to say easy breezy because that kind of demeans what she does on court, but un- unbothered mm-hmm. on the tennis court, which is wow. Yeah. Well, since you mentioned the 15th anniversary of Sharapova's breakout, mm-hmm. I should say Anisimova. It's also the 15-year anniversary of the guttural screams. Which right? one? Hurts? Yeah, isn't that when... When Maria heard Serena oh, guttural screaming, sobs. sobbing, guttural sobs in Can the Wimbledon locker room. Stop saying the word guttural. Like <laughs> that, you I'm, said it I'm, like four times. I'm quoting us. I'm quoting her. That a, that apocrypha. Is what, that what do you have against that word? Is it the way I, I'm saying it's it? It's the way you pronounce it. I think. Yeah. How do you say guttural? <laughs> um, the guttural sobs. I think. I guess the way that you pronounce guttural is because guttural of the T's. The, <laughs> yeah. the guttural. Just stop. Enough. As I was actually saying something, mm-hmm. Anisimova, I'm, I don't want to make the comparison, but I just did. That sort of tall, big power player, slowly building up steam, could have a great run. Just okay. She is also in kind of a, an unpredictable part of the draw. Petra Kvitova is in the draw. She is playing as of right now, but we don't really know what the injury situation is. Has she said that for sure, definitely she's going to play? Well, because I saw something as on the of right now, yesterday. She's in the draw. That you know she's still hoping to play. Right. And so I guess it's still early enough for her to pull out. I think right? there's a lot, there's still a lot of doubt surrounding it. Um, Petra's first round opponent, Owens Javor, actually just pulled out of a match uh, at Eastbourne. Yeah, against Kerber. So she may be injured. It may have been a preventative thing. But that little section, who knows? So where's Anisimova in that? She would have played Kvitova in the third round. Okay. If they both get there. And then in the fourth, there's uh, the possibility of Joanna Kanto or Sloane Stevens. I would be really interested to see that. I'd like to see that matchup. Uh, Miss Sloane Stevens just ran into the chainsaw. The, the buzz saw. The buzz saw, the, the truck, the roadkill that is Yelena Ostapenko when she's in full flight. Oh my lord. So you talk about this section of death. Yeah. There's always a section of death. What makes this one so much different? <laughs> this one, I know we can be prone to exaggeration. Yeah, I want you to push through the apocryphal nature of your declaration and actually prove it. Oh, okay. Okay. The first quarter always has the top seed. That's Ashley Barty. But what we also have is the three previous winners of Wimbledon. Kerber, Muguruza, and Serena Williams. Then we have grass court specialists, Donna Vekic, uh, 
kind of a bit of a disservice to okay. her at this point. But someone who excels a lot on the surface, Donna Bekic, a finalist in Nottingham, Yulia Gerges, who was the runner-up to Ash Barty two weeks ago mm-hmm. in Birmingham. We have Sharapova, Sharapova yeah. who is a total question mark, hasn't really played much after coming back from the injury. We randomly, there's Pavlyuchenkova, there's Sam Stozer. It's just, it is, it's really wild. Oh, and Belinda Bencic, who was, uh, again, a grass court finalist. Belinda Bencic? <laughs> yes. I don't know that I have ever seen a, a Grand Slam quarter like this before. But yeah, okay, so you have, you say the three previous winners, and then the number one seed. But the number one seed also happens to be the one just won the French Open and then won her next tournament out <laughs> on this new surface, on the change of surface, and is number one for the first time. Right. I mean, and the, we've seen in the past where somebody in that kind of position, you're seated first for the first time at a big tournament, may not be the best thing for you. Well, you sure, may become sure, overwhelmed, yeah. but it's it's also likely that Asha, at this point in this iteration of her career. Is just ready to just blow the field away. Right. Or just go out there and do her best. Mm-hmm. You know. The There are a few reasons. Part of it is bad luck that the draw shook out this way. Part of it is that the rankings are all over the place. It's weird. It's unusual to have a recent champion ranked all the way down to number 26, like Muguruza is. Mm-hmm. Serena Williams is seated 11, which is not where people are used to seeing her in draws pre-Olympia. But it, it makes sense that this could happen. Of course. Because yeah, yeah, A, yeah. of the depth of the WTA, and also the injuries that folks have had to deal with. Yeah. It's just, it was funny to me that even though, like, in addition to all these past champs, then you have all these very dangerous wild cards on this specific surface, like Gerges and Beckett. But there's that. This draw could collapse. I mean, like, Muguruza could lose in the first round. Benchich could come through to the semis from there. I have no idea. No idea. But it just, it stuck out. It's so unusual to see that. To you and everybody and their grandmother, yeah. it stuck out. Yeah. We talked a little about the second quarter. Kiki Burtons is the number four seed. Still ranked number four. There's, I mean, there's Sloan, Kanta, Anisimova, Petra. But if Petra does not play, that's a really big hole in the draw, and it's a it's a huge opportunity for someone to get through, like Joanna Conta at her home tournament. To maybe get back to the semifinals, to where Venus beat her a couple of years ago. Right. And inspired our uh, our podcast Yeah, match. that was the match. The body serve heard around the world. Seen. Or felt. Yes. <laughs> it actually sort of messed up Conta's career for like a year. The one body serve. Yeah. Oh, I God. mean, that's what I think. Like I said before, Karolina Pliskova, the number three seed, has been successful on all surfaces so far this year. She's in the Eastbourne final. She might be a winner by the time you hear this, between her and Kerber. She's benefiting from... Well, you know what? She's in the same quarter as Mardich and Vondrosheva again. Mm. So I wonder how those two will perform on grass as opposed to clay. Last time, Karolina did not get through. She lost early in the French Open. Svitolina is also in that quarter. She's the number eight seed. Svitolina could play Sakari in the third round. Did you see Sakari's double buns the other day? Yes. Her Mickey Mouse oh my buns? God. <laughs> that was so and Donna Vekic commented on on social media saying that is has to be one of the greatest hairstyles ever on uh, the yep. WTA court. <laughs> you mentioned Ostapenko running like a buzzsaw when she's ready. It does seem like things are starting to come together a little bit for her. And she plays Sue Xie in the first round, and, which is not great. But it's a good time for things to come together because she's got points to defend. Yes, she, they have to come together. So I'll be curious to see if Yelena just hits through Xie, because she can. But what, what a confounding player. If you're not feeling your best that day, or you're not serving well, the fourth quarter is particularly interesting to me because it's led by Simona Halep and Naomi Osaka and I think both players have some question marks 
where is where is Simona ranked here? She's number seven. Number seven. Yeah. So the two seed and the seven seed are here. It's crazy. Those were just recently the top two players in the world, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It still almost feels like Simona is is the number one. Is um, the number one. And not not because how she was playing. It just felt like she was there for a long time. Okay. Simona is she's reliable on all surfaces now. Like, you know, we're well past that. But grass is probably her least confident surface. I have no idea what to expect. I think someone like Victoria Azarenko could give her serious trouble or take her out if they needed the third round. She could potentially play Madison Keys or Venus Williams in round 16 in a match that I would not really want to see. So tell us about where Miss Venus is at. Yeah. Because we know that she's playing Coco Goff in the first round. Yes. She'll, so she'll play Goff. Then she might have to play Arena Sabalenko in the second round. In the second round? Yeah, yeah, I actually read this wrong. I thought it was the third. It's actually a second round matchup if they both make it. God, that's terrible. Sabalenka has been struggling a little bit, but she could definitely come alive on grass. And Venus's or Sabalenka's third round could be Madison Keys. As you know, Madison Keys can hit the absolute shit out of the And ball. then the fourth round would be Simona Hall? Yeah. So what you're saying to me is that the draw gods did not heed everyone's prayers ahead of this tournament uh no whose prayer <laughs> a lot of people were talking about it on twitter like just please for once give venus a decent draw yeah but i mean venus is not seated now and this is gonna happen yes but like it's a bit much <laughs> it is a bit much and if they make her do it all playing on court 18 it's gonna be very upsetting Caroline Wozniacki is down there on the other part of that quarter. Did you know that uh, Mrs. Wozniacki? Mrs. Wozniacki Lee? I, I'm, I don't know what she's calling herself, but I'm just going to say Mrs. Wozniacki. But she's not married to someone named Wozniacki. I understand that. I'm not going to ascribe a man's name to her without not knowing. That's all I'm saying. Oh, but Mrs. is well. just yeah. to signify that she's married. It was a little bit of a joke. Oh, you okay. just sucked the wind entirely out of it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, did you know that she has never once advanced past the fourth round at Wimbledon in her career? Uh, I think I did know that. Yeah. I feel like it's something we say every Wimbledon. So, but she has won titles on grass court. Last year, I think she won mm-hmm. Eastbourne. Yes. Yeah, she won Eastbourne last year. She could face the other Caroline in the third round, who is a much more natural grass court player. Garcia? Yep. The other Caroline. Sure. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think, but Caroline Wozniacki is actually a Catalina, right? Officially. Mm-hmm. Either way, you're wrong. Anyway. Sophia Kennan could face Naomi Osaka in the third round. You know, Kennan could take out another huge hitting sort of American. In Osaka, took out Serena. Sort of American. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, Naomi plays for Japan, but she <laughs> speaks with an American accent. Okay, she let's was move raised past that mu- mu- much of her life here. <laughs> okay. I certainly, she is uh, able to identify in any which way she mm. she prefers, and which whatever makes sense to her. So I think we'll put a wrap on this woman's draw right here by not giving you predictions. We invite you to fill out your tennis twitter racket bracket with us we're gonna do that by tomorrow i think yeah we're gonna embarrass ourselves and fail at this bracket but we're gonna put our real names there Uh uh-huh and uh tell us what you are interested in in this draw because we've been less uh instructive than we have in the past (laughs) given our current circumstances Uh so tell us the matches that you're looking for on the men's and the women's side and we can maybe have a little chat about that Onto the men. Alright, so on the men's side, we mentioned that Rafa and Roger are on the same path, on the bottom half. Where are your top four seeds? Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, and surprisingly, Kevin Anderson. And to recap, the reason why the seedings don't reflect the rankings is... Kevin was a beneficiary of the seeding formula. He is the runner-up at last year's Wimbledon which pushed him well above his ranking of, I think, number seven right now. 
it's surprising to see him lead off a quarter because we haven't really seen him on a tennis court for a while. But his performance at Wimbledon over the past two years has been very great. Very great. Very great. Your descriptors are very great. <laughs> but Kevin Anderson is definitely a, a we. I have no idea what's going to happen with him. What kind of shape he's in. If he needs more practice, mm. don't know. Novak Djokovic can't can't really complain about his draw. Has Lajovic in the third round. Could face Felix or Molfis in the fourth round. Interesting. Would you not love to see that Felix Gael third round match? Yes. I really hope I would, that happens. Yeah. I, I I'd really be up do. for that. Felix is actually facing his countryman Vashek Pospisil in the first round. Pospisil's first tournament back in like six to eight oh, months. Oh, really? Yeah. And Pospisil is a former winner here in doubles with Jack Sock. Has anyone heard from Jack Sock? Do you remember what when, when Pospisil or Sockspisil were actually a fun They were actually grouping? a feel good team. Yeah. I guess we didn't know that much about Jack. And I mean, <laughs> Vashik hasn't been like grade A either. Well, I know. I know, right? Anyway. Not, not unproblematic. Let's just say that. What, I, you're, I'm trying to drive here. I can't oh, okay. like sift through what you're trying to get at. <laughs> Double negatives. I don't want to pass over the fact that Djokovic and Cole Schreiber will open against each other. Mm-hmm. Cole Schreiber is a very good player on the surface. I won't go over... Not very great, just very good? Very good. I mean, he's kind of old. So I don't, I don't really know what so to So you just looked past me mocking you? You're okay with that? That's hilarious. He's good on the surface. He is, yes. The other big-time seed in Novak's quarter is Stefanos Tsitsipas, who I think lives to take out top players these days, has beaten Novak Djokovic before, is look just looking at him, probably a natural on grass. Can I just say that we're on the I-90? It's a shit highway. It's horrible. It's terrible. We don't call it the I-90. We just call it I-90. Okay. In Canada, you put the in front of all the highways. So we're on I-90, and it's a shit highway slash throughway, or whichever way you want to call it. It's terrible, and you have to pay to be on it. So So enough about I-90. The other guys around there, Medvedev, Goffin, who was a finalist in Halle, runner-up to Roger Federer. Mm-hmm. Finally starting to play better. Good for him. It's been a yeah, long yeah, barren yeah. spell. Kyle Edmund could face Tsitsipas in the third round. Currently in the Eastbourne semis, I want to say. Yes, I think so. Yes? Yeah. <laughs> Which also uh, kind of out of the blue good result for him. Mm-hmm. He's been struggling for a fair bit. Right. In the second quarter, Kevin Anderson has a very tough first round coming back from injury against Herbera, speak of the devil, who has, Herbera has been focusing more on singles recently. He's had some big successes. He wasn't planning on playing doubles here at all in favor of singles. And Herbera, I believe, is a former Wimbledon doubles winner with Maru. Definitely French Open winner. We know that. They won the French together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So who is Herbert going to be playing? Kevin Anderson. Okay. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, it really is. A lot of big serves in that one, too. We've got Stan Wawrinka, who could face Milos Raonic, another former runner-up at Wimbledon. I feel like Milos just came out of nowhere recently. Like, he's been absent a lot with injury. And then he posted some really strong results just kind of out of the blue. Well, that's the, the thing is it's hard to know when he is or isn't there. Like, I think we just gotten used to him not being there. Right, right. But he set up a, a match with Felix in the first week of the grass season and had to pull out. But then he was back the following week, basically. So I don't know what his injury situation is. It's so unpredictable with him. But Stan and Milos could play in the third round. I think that Stan has a really good shot to go deep here. Anderson would be his fourth round. Stan and Grass. Well, I know Stan and Grass. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's true. It's a. Uh, it's not gonna be his best surface ever. I don't even know if he likes it that much. But the draw isn't really that bad. Okay. We know on grass, anybody can be upset on any yes. given day. Yes. Karen Hachanov is the number ten seed now. He could face Roberto Bautista Agut in uh, in the third round. Who gave Federer a bit of a a scare in hollow last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that someone who has a real opportunity here is Alexander Zverev. Faces Yuri oh. Vesely in the first round. He could play Benoit Pair, which is a tough out on grass, especially if Benoit is feeling himself like he was at the French Open. Okay. But after that, like, there's Hachanov in the fourth round, possibly, and, and then... Kevin Anderson, if he makes it there, uh, maybe Milos Raonic. Basically, Zverev has a really good opportunity to get to the semifinals here, which he has never done before. We are constantly on Zverev watch as to when is it going to happen, you know? So yeah, we're also at the point where when it does happen, it shouldn't be surprising because it's been overdue oh, definitely. at this point, yeah. I think. And I think at this point, he's probably pissed that Stefanos Tsitsipas has sort of stolen Stealing his thunder. His thunder. <laughs> I mean, I feel that we're kind of speeding through this. I think it's because we're on the road. We're not speeding through. We're doing fine. Oh, okay. You're just very self-conscious about it. Okay, then we're moving to the bottom half. Dominic Team facing Sam Query in the first round. Sam, coming back from injury, hasn't played in a while, but... Of course, is a former what semifinalist here, and he's beat he beat Novak Djokovic here in 2016, which really kicked off a big slump for Novak. He is formidable, and the huge serve is always going to hurt, even if he's not in that great a form. Because no matter how much you want to say that the grass is not the grass of old, it's still grass. It's still grass. Yeah, it may not be as slick as it was, but it is still and grass. It's gonna be tough to break serve against these guys under the surface. Mm. Gilles Simon is also in this quarter. He was a runner-up to Feliciano Lopez at Queens last week and played really well. Like, played long matches all week, but played well in the final, too. Fabio Fognini opens against TFO. Francis TFO. Big Foe. Can you do that again? No, did you? Diego Schwartzman did this Insta story a while ago. He said, Big Foe. Oh, my God. That's a... Uh, an opportunity for Francis to get to the third round if he beats Fognini. Okay. Which is possible. And so that's the second quarter you're talking about, or we're down to the third? Now we're in the third quarter. And this third quarter is headlined by Rafa, correct? No, Dominic. Dominic. Yeah, we're on the bottom half here. No. Yeah, the third quarter is headlined by Headline. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. I didn't see him down here. A little third seed. I expected to see <laughs> like, him. Where, at, is it, where else is he going to be? That's slot number 128. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, so Rafa faces Sugita in the first round. He, I, you may have heard, didn't get the easiest draw in the world. We're, we're not going to sit here and complain about draws because it's not interesting. Draws happen. What will be interesting to some, will be uninteresting to others, will be this potential second round match between Rafa and Kyrgios. Should Kyrgios be arsed enough to yes. get there? Kyrgios pulled out of the exhibition this week. He took a little fall on the grass. And uh, I'm sure it was just a precaution. But should, should Kyrgios find it within himself to muster three sets of tennis in the first round, you know he's going to bring every which way mountain creek river valley in his game oh yeah to this rafa match no he's gonna pull out all the stops he does that said he has to play his countryman jordan thompson whom he has not played before in the first round he's got to care enough to get through that i think facing a big four player will be motivation enough for him or it has in the past but these past few months for nick have been just wild totally just totally bizarre behavior. Yeah. You really do not know what's coming next. Right. And given the stuff that Nick said about 
Rafa in that NCR interview and we know that there is a long-standing dislike between the two <laughs> let's be frank and there's the Probably, history yeah. also of Kyrgios beating Rafa at Wimbledon not only will Nick bring it but you know Rafa will bring it to that match as well like he, mm -hmm. he as much as he will never cop to having a settled a score to settle he will be out here trying to, to do that yeah. in that match yeah. and I just want to say that I beseech everybody on tennis Twitter to be on their best reasonable behavior oh. throughout this ordeal that this match is going to be. <laughs> that, the, is a, that is a the tall The preamble, order. the actuality of the match, and the, the postscript. It's going to be a trauma. So it can is. we all just... Can we all just behave ourselves? Exactly. I'll promise to try. If, uh, if Rafa or Nick win that match... Shapovalov could be waiting in the third round or Joe Wilfried Songa who is unseated who's going to face Bernard Tomic in the first round which I think is a pretty interesting first round Tomic is uh, has had success at this tournament before I wouldn't say he's a natural on any surface because his game is so bizarre sort of uh, do it yourself kind of awkward yeah Marin Cilic could be waiting in the fourth round and then there's Dominic Team in the quarters so altogether, not not a very friendly draw for Rafa, but many many things could happen along the way. Yeah, and like one day of carnage can wipe out an entire section right. and clear the path for somebody. Lest we forget that it happens yeah. every single tournament. Who knows? The semifinalists from there could be Basilashvili, mm -hmm. and and I would I would support it. So last quarter for the men, we've got Roger Federer and. <laughs> you know, when Roger Federer is in a quarter on grass, it's like, why, you know, why even talk about the draw? He's probably going to be the semifinalist. He could face Pui in the third round. He's got either Chorich or Schwartzman in the fourth. Chorich did beat him uh, in Halle last year for the title. So there's that history. Chorich is good on grass. John Isner is coming back from injury. He's on the other part of, of that quarter. Where would Federer and Isner potentially meet? They could meet in only in the quarterfinals. Okay. And that, to be honest, that would be a huge achievement for Isner, coming back out. Oh, of yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's not shade at all. It's just he came back from a pretty serious injury yeah. that has laid him out for a while. I'm, I'm also hesitant to call somebody's draw easy as well at this point. Oh. Fair enough. Regardless of who was there, I think you'd still expect Federer to get to the semifinals. Right. The other people floating around there, Kane Shikori as the number eight seed, they could meet in the quarterfinals. The good uh, thing for Kay is, unless he gets himself injured, five set matches won't really matter that much at Wimbledon for him because the matches will have they're so quick. Well, he can usually find a way to make them last. You can play a five set, two and a half hour match on grass. <laughs> Potentially. So uh, even his worst impulses may not get in the way of him going deep <laughs> in this tournament. Matteo Berrettini is uh, is there, could be Isner's third round opponent. And he's another, at this point, we can call him a dangerous floater. Yeah. Or or even better, because he is the number 17 seed. He is a titleist that, in these that past three weeks. It seemed like, like it happened nowhere, yeah, right? like overnight. Right? He had, he's had a great spring into early summer. Yes. And like I said, Italian men's tennis is in a really good place right now. And there's a lot of younger guys coming up, too. Do you like his nickname? What is his nickname? Bay Rettini. Oh, is that like officially? Is it? Yeah, it's I've cute. I've seen it all over Oh, the yeah, place. it's very clever. <laughs> He's cute, too. Yeah. He seems like a charming guy. That actually brings us to the end of the drama. It does? Yeah. Did you want to, like, pick a dark horse or something? Pick a yeah, champion. I, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> Good, me neither. I'm so glad. Again, we implore you as we drive over this noisy stretch of road. Yeah, we are. What in, are we on now? We're on 390. If anyone knows Rochester, I don't expect you do. We are passing the airport right now. We're in Chai Lai. Chai Lai. We're like on the border of Rochester hmm. and Chai Lai, which is spelled of... like chili the food. Yeah, we're not in the, the country. <laughs> We're in the part of the world where things aren't pronounced where there's how they're spelled. Yes. 
such as Charlotte is pronounced Charlotte here. Yes. And Chile instead of Chile. Yeah. It's home. What's another one? Uh, There's another one that's really whack. Can't remember. Fill out your tennis Twitter racket bracket. Enjoy these uh, these moments of respite before the tournament starts. Enjoy the first week of the tournament. We're going to check back with you next weekend. Probably Friday, Saturday. Or maybe middle Sunday. That's perfect, right? Schedule a middle Sunday tea with some, you know. Some scrumpets. Crumpets? Crumpets. Crumpets. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to know this shit. You're from a Commonwealth country. Whatever, whatever. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on the road oh, okay. as I drive by Chai Lai Avenue. Thanks for listening. You know, you can find us on Twitter at The Body Serve, on Instagram at The Body Serve. We haven't posted photos lately, so we'll, we'll get on that. Yeah. We are now on Spotify. You can find us also on iTunes. If you'd like to leave us a review on iTunes, we greatly appreciate that. And thanks for listening. What's, what's your name? You didn't tell people oh, your name. My name is James. And, and your you name. are? And I am... Uh, Elliot JMR. Oh. On I Twitter, you were going to ask me to with describe two L's, myself. two T's. Yeah. And I am Jonathan. That is Jonathan, and he's at tennis underscore John. Uh-huh. J-O-N. Correct. No H. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Till next time. Thank you. Thank you very much.